Welcome back everyone to the Run Culture Podcast. This is episode 7 and today I sit down with elite female distance runner, physiotherapist and strength and conditioning coach Anna Kelly. It's been an absolute pleasure working alongside Anna this year at Southern Suburbs Physio Centre. It's not only does she love a laugh and she's a great person, but she also loves chatting all things running and physio. In 2017, Anna came in an astonishing 32nd place at the World Cross Country Championships in Uganda. However, since then, it has been quite a tough road. Here, we openly discuss Anna's injury-riddled past couple of years and what she has learned and continues to learn. We talk about what she is trying to do to avoid injury this year as she strives to become a more robust athlete that will be around for years to come. We then go on to discuss 2019, her eighth place at the World Uni Games in the Half Marathon in Naples, her 74.20 Half Marathon PB that she ran at the Werribee Mansion Fun Run with me pacing it, and her recent convincing win in the Burnley Athletics Victoria Half Marathon Championships. There's a lot of good stuff in this episode, so please give it a listen. All right, put those headphones in and enjoy. Anna Kelly, here we are, post-work, long day at work, 8.30. How'd you go today at work? Yeah, not too bad. Bit of a, a busy day today. Got through, yeah, 10 plus clients, which was good. Starting to cannot catch up to Dana here eventually. But yeah, <laughs> no, enjoying, enjoying being in clinic and finally, yeah, working as a physio in private practice. Yeah, no, you're doing well. Um, so first year as a physio, um, and obviously a well-established runner. Uh, what have you learned as now that you're practicing? Has it influenced how you train or has it influenced your running at all? Um, yeah, I guess definitely in a way. I think you yeah, become a bit more objective yourself um, in your own training and how you, how you manage yourself when you have to do it with clients as well. You can't sort of just be that runner or athlete that you usually were and try and be ignorant about niggles or ignore things and just try and push through race when you know you shouldn't, do mileage when you know you shouldn't, when you can see when um, athletes or even just recreational runners come to you and they're struggling with the same thing and you give them advice, you sort of have to learn to take your own advice as well rather than try and push things under the rug, which I think, um, yeah, a lot of us runners are prone to doing. Yeah, no, it's it's so true. And to be honest, like just because you're a physio doesn't mean you're not prone to doing all that stuff. Um, I think it's um, quite common. I've, I've struggled with it as well. Like it's, it's hard to sort of um, listen to the what you know you probably should be doing and what you want to do. Uh, Yeah, I think it's that um, typical case of do what I say, not what I do. You become, well, after years of study and knowing all the different injuries, how to treat them, how to diagnose them, you become quite good at giving advice and knowing how to manage others. But putting that practice into yourself can be be a different ballgame at times. Yeah, that's so true. Now, the last two years... Um, for all those listeners that do follow the running scene in Australia, we haven't seen heaps of you. You've been injured, injured a fair bit. Uh, what have you gone through over these last couple of years? 
Um, yeah, so it's been a fair bit of a roller coaster um, after World Cross in 2017. I think um, coming off that, I'd obviously gone into some pretty heavy training and wanted to really give it the best shot I had. And, after and can that, I just interrupt that that was an amazing performance. So that was 32nd at World Cross, wasn't it? Yep, so that was the um, 10K World Cross in Uganda. So yeah, we had a good group of girls, myself, Jim Mamney, M. Ryan, Virginia Maloney, Lexi and Bridie all headed over. And um, yeah, it was an experience of a lifetime going over there. And yeah, it was pretty, pretty stoked to um, finish with 32nd. And yeah, definitely not what I expected for my first, first Oz team. Yeah, I I was there as um the physio and I remember watching that race and that performance was unbelievable because really that placed you as one of the first non-Africans. Well, yeah, I think uh, I don't quote me here, but I'm pretty sure out of the top 20 or so around 16 or 18 of them were were all African. So, yeah. obviously being in Uganda as well, they dominated the race and they were wanting to go in and show everyone what they could do. So, yeah, I was pretty happy. I think um, there was a couple, a few Americans and a couple of British girls ahead of me. But, yeah, to pretty much be one of the first white females was, yep. yeah, couldn't couldn't turn my nose up at that. Oh, yeah, it was a, it was an amazing performance. And, uh, like, going into that race, did you see that performance happening or did that really um, catch you off? off guard and by surprise um no it definitely caught me off guard I like I knew I'd I'd probably been the best training that I'd ever done leading into it I'd really tried to prepare myself for the conditions going in I was going into the altitude chamber twice a week so that was at sometimes like 3,000 meters above sea level running at around 37 degrees and I was doing that a couple of times a week and after each session I was just absolutely cooked after it and really just pushed myself hard with those sessions. And yeah, so I felt like I had a perfect run into, didn't have any niggles, didn't have any injuries. So um, yeah, I pretty much was probably the confident, most confident I've ever been with my running leading into that race, which... I guess I was lucky with because it rarely happens as a runner. Usually there's some kind of mishap or a hurdle that you do have to tackle with. And I think just being pretty fresh on the running scene, I was probably a bit ignorant to the kind of hurdles you can face. So I just thought that that was That's how part it was and parcel. Be. Yeah, yeah. yeah, having a good lead in and um, yeah, program going into a race like that. So yeah, I pretty much did everything I could going in, but also being my first international event, didn't really know what to expect either. So yeah. I didn't really say too much going in, but I guess my main goal was to be the first Australian over the line and then yep. whatever else came with that would just be a bonus. Yeah. And so uh, when did the injuries start happening after that performance? So what happened? Uh, let's fill the listeners in after that. So yeah, I had obviously headed over to Uganda. That was in March of 2017 and had that race and yep. came back and was headed straight into... Well, I actually came back and did a half marathon up at Canberra. Um, yeah, came um, just second behind Millie Clark that day and was still in reasonably good form. And then started the AV cross-country season, still not travelling too bad. Yeah. And 
yeah, after that just um, started to have some, some issues injury-wise. I think it was not just a training loading aspect of it, but um, just with a whole lot of external factors as well. I was pretty full-on with uni at that stage and busy with that. And then with coming with study and placement and lack of sleep, all the other things that sometimes as a runner you don't consider enough all just got the better of me at that stage and you're I, a bit of a night owl aren't you i am yeah. i'm not <laughs> it's um yeah not much of a, a secret to anyone that knows me that i'm yeah. not the greatest sleeper at the best of times tend yeah. to yeah if i could sleep till 11 o'clock every morning i would but um yeah tend to go go to bed a bit later than an athlete probably should most nights yeah so you feel like that external load as well adding that in um, probably had a, a fair bit to play as well. Oh, yeah, 100%. Because, yeah. yeah, leading into that time, although, like, was training quite heavily and looking back now, it was probably the type of training and type of mileage that wouldn't be sustainable, yep. which I thought just because... I hadn't had any issues prior yeah. that I'd be fine with. Like, I'd and you done probably it. were reinforced by that great result. Yeah, exactly. Yep. I thought I'd train this hard. Um, I've done this much mileage, this much intensity. I've had no issues. Like, what could go wrong? Yep. And like you said, had a good performance. So wanted to keep it up as long as possible. And yeah, I think it just got to the point where it just got the better of me in the end and I yep. couldn't sustain it any longer, yep. which I think a few of us girls that did go to Uganda have all faced. We yeah. kind of call the Uganda curse at this yep. stage because yeah. pretty much all of us got back and were dealing with some type of injury. I know, yeah, M Ryan's, she's had issues with her knee. Gemma's just coming back yeah. now from injury as well. She's had troubles um, with her knee as yeah, well. Yeah, yeah, also. And... Um, yeah, I think it just got to the stage where we all put in so much effort for that event that, um, yeah, yeah, sometimes it can just take a toll in the end if you yeah. try and sustain it for too long. Yep, yep. So you feel like sort of that's when the, the damage was done, I suppose. Like, um, I suppose um, all that training through that period, you were sort of um, running yourself down into the ground, but it just hadn't hit yet? Yeah, pretty much. And, like... Some people that are involved with AV probably remember um, where I kind of hit my limit at Bundura Cross Country. I was hoping to qualify for the state team and go to nationals. And I think about the first round of the AV season, I actually won that round and had a good run, came out at Bundura and pretty much hit the wall at yeah two or three k and was struggled the rest of the way through the 10k and finished like above 30th place and And yeah that's a big change from first yeah exactly coming from 32nd at a world cross country championships to struggling to get top 30 at a local event um now was that was that because of pain or was that um, because of fatigue or i think a combination i think i'd obviously been struggling with some hamstring issues for probably six months at least prior to that that i'd sort of just been dealing with um, that had sort of started to hit the next level and then just some yeah like you said general fatigue as well I think a lot of um, too high load for me too much mileage yeah probably my yeah 
iron, nutrition, yep. sleep, all those yep. other factors could have been a lot better at the time that I just wasn't paying enough attention to. And yep. yeah, like you said, it all sort of just reached the um, point. Yeah, came to the surface on that day. Yeah. yeah. And there, there's that um, co- uh, quite popular phrase at the moment, um, relative energy deficiency. Yeah. Um, so REDS. Yeah. Um, I'd say that sort of um, bring that's what was quite relevant at the time. Oh um, yeah, hundred yeah. percent. I think yeah, it's something that I can't can't deny, and I think probably yep. a lot of other female runners are the yeah. same as well. And it's, male. Yeah, 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 exactly. Um, it's pretty pretty prevalent in our sport, which it's not surprising. Like the it, with the, the sport that we're in, it's a fine line between pushing yourself hard and pushing yourself. over the limit and because body type can play a part in endurance sports and um with with all of us too you put out there like we you're out there in your crop tops and briefs and there i think with a lot of athletes as well it's that whole comparison game it's and too because looking back now and obviously still am but was probably at my leanest and very light yes. going into Uganda yep. and same thing you do that whole comparison game like look uh, what weight I was in how lean I was the amount of training what I was doing and yep. I performed really well yep. and you just think that that's going to last you and you listen to people who've gone through the same thing like your Aloise Wellings and even your Thames and Lewis that yep. say yeah you get the result but it's never going to last. It's short term. Yeah, like exactly. Short term. Yeah. Yep. And everyone at you at the time, because it's working, you think you're indestructible, but it's only a matter of time before it's going to yep. take a toll on you. Yeah, sure, sure. Yeah. Um, now that's such an important message. And um, no, I think you've described that so well um, uh, with um, what happened. And then what other injuries? You said the hamstring started to play up and... Yeah, yeah, so I've pretty much been the what not to do of hamstring tendinopathy since yeah. I had issues with it. Um, I think, yeah, at the start, I pretty much just ignored it because I was sore and I pull up sore after runs, but it was like, I can run through it. Like, it's not too much drama, like a bit of pain that I can deal with. It should settle down eventually and just kept running through it, running through it, running through it. Didn't change my loading um, I think with a lot of runners too, the first thing that can often fall off your training program when you're busy or you've got other mm. things on is your strength side of things, which was the case for me also. Yeah. And I just got to the point where pretty much my tendons couldn't hack it any longer. Yeah. And I ended up <laughs> getting to the stage where I couldn't run down the street, let alone go for a leisurely 10K run that you would usually do. Yep. So, yeah, following that, it took a long road back with, yeah, ended up having pretty much two to three months fully off running, just cross training. Trying to calm them down. Yeah, pretty much. And, yeah, trying to get some decent strength back up through, yeah, through my hamstring and glutes and everything to help offload them a bit. So you started doing some gym again? Yeah, yeah, getting back in the gym. Like, yeah, people that have had tendon stuff will know you're starting, yeah, just low level with your isometrics and trying to build up from there. But Was that with with Nick, Nick Cross? Yeah, so doing a bit of work with, um, yeah, Nick Cross from Melbourne CBD Physios. He, yeah, he helped me out a bit. And I think at the start he pretty much said to me he couldn't hamstring curl a fart with how how weak I was at that stage. Um. 
<laughs> and yeah, it was true. I was just, I think I was so in so much pain and so weak at that time that um, there just wasn't much going at all, on at all with the gym because I was struggling so much. And obviously as a physio too, I wouldn't be the first thing I recommend, but I eventually got to the stage where I was willing to try anything and yep. I was trying Shockwave. I ended up try, having... What was your verdict there with Shockwave? Um, so my yeah. verdict with Shockwave is it's... Um, like your, not, your personal experience? Yeah, so I don't think it's not a cure-all. It's not going to help with in just in that modality in itself i think it's a possibly a good way for some pain modulation to if you're really flared up and just day to day you're in pain sitting or struggling to walking that kind of thing that it can settle some symptoms but all in all although it's slow and arduous it's really just the the loading type um, factor that you've really got to get on top of yeah and i've said i had the same conversation with a lot of people that I ended up having four injections of PRP into into both my hamstrings. And so you had the uh, so for listeners that that's the blood injection. So yeah, yeah. Yep. So yeah, the plasma rich protein yep. where yeah they take your blood out and pretty much spin it through a centrifuge. Yep. Get all the good stuff out of your blood and yep. inject it back into the back into. So the you had tendon. four of them. Yep. So I had two into into each hamstring. Yeah. Yep. Which are yeah. What's your verdict with that? Oh, it's not the most enjoyable process, to yeah. be honest. Painful? It's, yeah, pretty yeah. uncomfortable, yeah. It's probably like I've had a, yeah, the shockwave, a couple of cortisones and that type of thing in my time. But yeah, I'd say the PRP is probably the, the worst thing I've had to had to deal with, um, yeah, in the aspect of, yeah, of treatments and interventions. Yeah. Um, but yeah, I think my view is probably the same with PRP that... It wasn't a cure-all for me, but it got me to the stage where I was that weak and in that much pain where I couldn't really do my gym stuff and couldn't okay. load that it got yeah. me to the stage where I could actually start doing some decent rehab and, yeah, get the, get the healing process eventually happening. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. 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 yeah, nice. Um, and then, so what exercises um, did you do? So you, you, you did some isometrics to calm the tendons down. So those holds, was it? Yeah, yeah. yeah. So I pretty much get started with a band because yep. that's pretty much all I could tolerate at that stage. And once started to get a bit better with just my banded isometrics was, yeah, getting on the prone hamstring curl and yep. going a bit heavier on that, then yep. working up towards my isotonic. So, yeah, you're coming up and down on your prone hammy curl. Yep. And then, yeah, just as things started to improve, just started to load up more with, with different exercises yep. as well, not just through the hamstrings, but also, yeah, like I said, through your, the glutes and calves and everything else to try and get my whole posterior chain a bit stronger yeah. to um, help the hammies yeah exactly yep nice yeah help out a bit in that aspect and how are they now um a lot better I still especially when I do my speed work or have a race I'll often pull up a bit sore the next day afterwards but um considering where I was yeah at this time this time last year that uh, yeah, I can't complain where yep. I wasn't able to get to the end of my street. And yeah, that this year I've managed to tick off, I think it's about four half marathons now that, yeah, I wouldn't, wouldn't have even considered that. Um, yep. Yeah, the same spot 12 months ago. Now, it wasn't just the hammies. What else was there? 
So, well, how much time have we got? <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> so, yeah, after the hammies. So I had a bit of um, an issue with the hammies as well. Because I was so weak through there, we found that because my hamstrings were struggling so much that all the other muscles around it were trying to take over. So at the start of um, 2018, once I'd got back from World Uni Cross Country in Switzerland, one of the first rounds of the AV season, I actually tore, tore my adductor. So that because they were trying to pretty much take the load because my hamstrings were doing yep. jack all. Yeah. <laughs> um, they just decided to give way on me. So yeah, yeah, had um, yeah, the hamstring part of my ductor magnus pretty much was in all sorts. Okay. So yeah, yeah, I remember getting the getting the ultrasound sitting at the table and yeah, the radiographer having a look around and pretty much saying, Yeah, you've done a done a pretty good job of this that yeah. um yeah, ended up being pretty much, yeah, at least a couple of months out with that. and Okay, again. Yeah, yeah, yep. a couple of months out and trying to load back up again, spending a lot of time in the pool and in the Alter G. And yeah. yeah, 2018 was pretty much just a boom and bust for me. So, yep. yeah, coming back. What else was there? Yeah, coming back from the adductor, ended up having um, a fifth met stressy. Yep. So, that was, was that November-ish or... October. October, So yeah. it was the day before Melbourne Marathon. That's right. Because, yeah, because I'm quite good friends with um, Sinead Diver. So yep. she was racing the next day and I remember I was out for a run on the Saturday and went over just on a rock or something. The foot crunched and sort of knew in my head straight away that this isn't good. Ended up, I was in the middle of Albert Park somewhere with no phone and no keys, so had to hail down a taxi. I was, yeah, in my crop and shorts at the time and pretty much had to say to the driver, look, I think I've broken my foot. Um, could you just drive me back home? I promise I will pay you, but I've got no other way of getting home at the minute. So, yeah, sat in, sat in the taxi and got home and, yeah, pretty much had a bit of a cry to myself that that day and the next day but yeah. had to keep it tried to keep it on the down low as much as I could because yeah I knew Sinead was going out the next day and pretty much having a crack and yeah that day she, she had an amazing run yeah that, she yeah. yeah got um some help from Rainer and Stewie yeah. and ended up breaking the record and I think she yeah. ran a 225 yeah that day and absolutely killed it so, so did you do a fair bit of running with her in the, in the lead up to that one or um not so much into that one because I'd yeah. been struggling with yeah. the with the adductor tear I yeah me and Sinead were probably running most together um prior to Uganda because yeah. I had that and I think she was um I think she had London at the time um when I was around around Uganda she had a marathon yeah okay. uh, that way that she was prepping for so yeah it was probably prior 2016 and a bit of 2017 where we were yeah did most of our training together yeah um around that stage which yeah we pr- pretty much didn't know each other from bar soap before that yeah and then, yeah pretty much been yeah quite good friends ever since we've sort of got a bit of a trio going with um, myself and yep. Sinead and our other good mate Mark Hayes which is a pretty keen marathon runner as well that yeah have stuck pretty pretty tight since yeah because you helped him out on the weekend didn't you yeah, yeah so yeah Hazy he's gearing up for the Melbourne marathon full so yeah we headed out to Burnley on the weekend and he had a 
three by six K session with one K float and yeah, so helped him tick over at that one. Yeah, prior to he said he was like, Oh, hoping to go around a four fifteen pace and I'm pretty much I'm pretty sure we ended up, yeah, ticking under four minute K pace for each of them. So yeah, nice. he, he absolutely nailed that session. He's and yeah, he's looking good for Melbourne. Yeah. Going for old sub three for Hazy. Really? That's what he's aiming for? Yep, yep. So that's the goal. That's nice. the goal for for a mark on yeah, Melbourne Marathon Day. And so then after the base of the fifth met, that wasn't it, was it? No. So <laughs> unfortunately not. So coming back from that obviously World Cross trials were coming up and I just obviously love my cross country and just was killing to get back on that Australian team to yeah. Yeah, go over to Denmark and have another crack at World Cross. So you were super keen to do World Cross trials yeah, in yeah. Jan? So, yeah, yeah, so yeah, try and give myself a chance to make the team again. So looking back, I probably um, probably load up too quickly. My body, yeah. like I'd been out for a couple of months with the adductor, been out for a fair bit of time with the fifth met and... My body just wasn't used to the load of running and um, eventually, yeah, that took a toll as well. I thought I was in good stead and was feeling good, getting some sessions in, getting some long runs in and, yeah, came back from a long run one Sunday and sort of started to feel a bit sore in my glute and was thinking, oh, like maybe it's just a hamstring, feeling a bit sore, you know, the usual niggles that you get here and there. And, yeah, ended up waking up the next morning and could hardly get out of bed, hardly walk down the hallway and yep. ended up back in the MRI machine. <laughs> they and, know you there. <laughs> yeah, yeah, I'm pretty good buddies with the radiologists now. Yeah. Um, you'd think I'd get some, like, frequent flyers or something yeah. with the Olympic Park imaging, but not yet. But, um, yeah, ended up getting that checked out and... Ended up having a sacral, yeah, a bit of a sacral stress reaction on, yeah, bit bit on both sides, but yeah, the right side was, yeah, the one that was pretty angry, um, yeah, compared to the other. So that that is just a, you know, a ridiculous amount of injuries. Mentally, how have you coped with that? Oh, not great. Yeah, <laughs> because, well, yeah, of course. Yeah, because yeah. I like I love my running so much. I yeah love getting out and ticking my legs over love the people that I've met through running and love pushing myself in racing so I think it was uh, yeah with 2018 because I felt like there got to the stage where there was no light at the end of the tunnel I'd sort of had one thing and start to work my way back and then another thing would pop up and it just was yeah just a up and down roller coaster through the whole year yeah um like I definitely during that year I thought to myself look I'm probably never going to get on a Australian team again or run the times that I was running again but I just love the sport so much that I was just thinking in my head I just want to get back to some running I just want to be able to actually do the sport again yeah so yeah it was tough and I think it was just a tough time generally as well like I was really busy like quite busy with uni it was my final year starting to think about looking for a full-time job I was trying to balance get as much cross training as as I could to try and keep one mentally sane and then two keep some fitness as well so I think yeah anyone who's gone through an injury where you're out for a decent amount of time knows that how frustrating it can be and I think you just have to take day by day at a time and look at I think um, 
Izzy, um, who came on World Unis with us, who's struggling with um, a calcaneal stress fracture now, said it perfectly that you've just got to concentrate on what you can do at the time yeah. and yeah, yep. not what, what you've been t- sidelined from. Yeah, that, like that's that positive focus on the positives yeah exactly yeah yeah and that's what I tried to do during the time I yeah joined a triathlon club and nice yeah would head like I'm a shocking swimmer and rider to be honest but we'll just head down with it and it's another group um group atmosphere as well that you get a bit of that social aspect that you also lose when you're injured with running so yeah we'd head down and yeah do some squad swimming sessions and a bit of riding as well and yeah yeah, try to just keep as positive as possible and just yeah think that it's you're not going to be injured forever and I think one of the other things is when you've been out for so long and you've had so many injuries it's almost like you look at the next six weeks and go, oh, I'll aim for something in six weeks' time. Would you say that sometimes that's the trap that you fell into last last year, like rather than looking at the long term or the bigger picture? Yeah, definitely. Like you're like, oh, I just want to get back, and then you aim for a race. But you, you sort of build up so quickly to get to that race. You're feeling good again, but you build up so quickly. Yeah, And then yeah. you find yourself in the same predicament in yep. six weeks. Yep, 100%. And I think, yep. yeah all runners and myself especially you're so goal orientated and I think you get stuck in the trap of comparing with how you used to run and what times you've run before what events you've run at before and like I just want to get back to this I want to be able to run this time again like I ran this race last year I want to run that race again and do this well or place at this place and yeah like you said it can sort of be at your detriment to sometimes not the same goals is a bad thing because it is does help keep you motivated to keep fit with cross training but like you said I think sometimes you have to have to just look long term and think if I want to stay in the sport for as long as I can yeah I can't just keep pushing the limits and pushing the limits and ending up back at square one yeah yeah so what have you tried to do different? Because um, let's talk about some good stuff. So this year, I reckon you're starting to... <laughs> if like, we can re- find, find some in between all of that. <laughs> We're trying to rebuild Anna Kelly. Um, like, what, what have you tried to focus on this year to try to, to break the injury shackles? Um, so I think this year, um, it's been good in some ways starting full-time work as well. I've had, um, a lot of other like responsibilities and things that I have to prioritize too. I think when I wasn't working full-time, you pretty much had as many hours in the, aside from uni, as many hours in the days you wanted to train. And I think... Yep. that's what was probably not a great thing for me because I could yep. run as much as I wanted and do yep. as much as I wanted. And I think this year I've tried to really cap myself off with things um, like rarely doing double days, Good. only hitting a certain amount of mileage without thinking more is better, just yeah. what I can sustain. Um, yeah, trying to... Be a bit better nutrition wise I think I've probably yeah with that put on tried to put on a few kilos from yep. from previous years just yep. for a bit of extra protection for myself as well yeah just for your energy the energy balance yeah exactly and also to just I know it's the dreaded words for everyone but just try and listen to your body too um yeah 
like I've said, I haven't really been on, I haven't had a coach this year, haven't really yeah. had a structured program all year. I apologise, listeners. Unfortunately, Anna and I lost the last half of the recording for our interview, so we had to re-record the next morning. Enjoy the birds. Um, I apologise for some of the repetition, but at least it's authentic. Enjoy. All right, Anna. So we've talked a lot about your injuries that you've gone through. Let's start talking about something a bit more positive. Um, So... Yeah, let's um, maybe talk about uh, what you've got planned this year and um, how you're going about trying to break this injury cycle and run a little bit more consistently and and not have to um, uh, be subject to the um, throes of injury all the time. Yeah, well, I think, um, yeah, with this year, I'm just trying to be a lot more flexible with what I do, both in the way of... Um, training and racing although like I obviously and every runner does you have goals in mind races that you'd like to like to have a hit out in and times that you'd like to do but just trying not to put too much pressure on myself at this stage and um, yeah just take every week as it comes and just yeah like you said try and get a bit of consistency in and if I feel like I'm up to it and feel like I'm healthy and my body's in form enough then make the decision then um, about having a crack at a race. Yeah, yeah, great. And um, what what have you started to do differently this year to try to um, break the injury rut? Like, have you, have you made some changes? Um, yeah, definitely. I think just looking at a lot of different aspects, obviously, yeah, like I said, with... Um, with when I was going through a bit of an injury cycle, I don't think it was just a load of training. I think it was a lot of other aspects um, externally, sleep-wise, how busy you are, nutrition, all that type of stuff. So, yeah, just trying to um, not just look at training, but look at everything else lifestyle-wise. So, re- obviously, a reduction in mileage. Of my, I think my body was telling me enough that what I was doing wasn't sustainable, and that was clear last year. Um, going through a bit of an injury cycle so just kept to a steady mileage this year once I got to a a point that I haven't had any flare-ups or haven't had any injuries haven't tried to keep increasing it and just pretty much stayed steady at at that all year to um, yeah keep that consistency in and then yeah just um just trying to be smart about things um less racing I think that's probably been something that's um, made a difference this year. I think you can get caught, especially with the cross country and ABCs, and there's pretty regular races with that. And then, if on top of that, you do a couple, uh, one or two international for the year, and then a few road races, yeah, before you know it, there's, yeah, your whole year's pretty much booked up. And I think not just physically, but mentally, it can take a bit of a toll on you as well, especially when you're someone like me that gets pretty anxious and nervous for races. It, um, yeah, can can have an impact in that aspect too. Yeah, great. And um, is there, like, we're all learning all the time and uh, has there been, like, I know we've had chats um, just at work about things and training load and stuff like that, but, like, who have you had, had talks with and who's helped you, like, over the last, say, six months, 12 months to, to come to terms with some things that you might have needed to improve and 
And, yeah, yeah, well, I think that's a thing with myself, especially this year being a new grad physio as well, not um, both in career and in training and um, all, all those aspects. I think I've just tried to take advice from as many people as possible and especially the people that you respect and you look up to as well. And I think um, it's great talking to people that you know have sort of been through the same position as you either... Um, like you said with that Reds aspect of it or with an injury cycle so yeah I've talked to a lot of female runners in that aspect people like yeah Aloise Wellings or always have a chat to my good friend Sinead or like Sophie Ryan's doing some great work um, yeah getting more of that awareness out aspect of that out as well so talking to great people like that and then also looking at loading wise and what's best for my body, what I need to do, whether that's strength or um, mileage wise, talking to people like yourself and like really respect um, Nick Cross as well as a physio. Yeah. So always, yeah, always just chatting to people and just getting as much advice as possible and taking everything in. Have you tried to change your sleep patterns at all? Look, I'm getting there. <laughs> it's usually a battle. I probably when my friends and people like yourself get messages from me about 11.30 <laughs> on midnight, it's probably, probably not a good sign. But I think, yeah, slowly trying to trying to improve that a bit. And I, especially it's something that I have to keep working on, especially working full time and yep. trying to fit training around that. If you're not getting enough sleep, you notice by the end of the week that you just feel like a bit of a zombie. So. Yep. Yeah, just um, yeah, slowly trying to peg that that um, yeah. nighttime bed routine back a bit each week and try and yeah avoid the Instagram scroll as much yep. as possible. I suppose yeah, it's like anything. <laughs> Once you're in a bit of a habit, it become like that's just it's hard to get out of that. Um, I suppose circadian rhythm and yeah, yeah, exactly. And like it's possibly like it's something that you probably can maintain when you're at uni and sometimes you're yeah. not starting classes and yep. until eleven o'clock or so, but yeah when you've got to get up and get to work and have an eight or nine hour day with clients all day you can't be sort of just yeah battling to get through it you want to be on, on top of everything as much as you can so yeah I, I think the especially like say with the injury cycle you come to learn how important just being reasonably well rested is as well yeah and then you mentioned nutrition a few times what have you sort of thought about there or done there um, yeah, so obviously, like, I think I, I just had to face the fact for myself that with how lean I was, like, obviously just managed to scrape through a world cross country Uganda and was just safe during that time. But the 12 to 18 months after that, I think my body just wasn't strong enough to try and maintain the running what I was doing and I just kept breaking down. So just yeah um although it is hard especially one being female two being this in the sport we're in to try and just realize that okay you're gonna have to maybe put on a couple a few kilos and feel a bit uncomfortable with it as to at times yep. but i think again chatting to people that have sort of gone through the same thing and getting a bit of professional help i've had a chat to a few times um Lisa Middleton, a sports dietitian that works out of um, Life Care Ashburton. And yeah, she's a great resource to use and um, worked with a lot of endurance athletes and really um, individualise it for each athlete she works with. And yeah, I've um, got, got a lot out of going to see her and chatting to her as well. Great, fantastic. All right, and then, so I really think this is the, 
um, you, you're sort of like trying to s set the foundation of remaking Anna Kelly this year. Um, yeah, well, yeah. fingers crossed. <laughs> I think, um, yeah, you've got to just eventually learn from your mistakes. It yeah. sometimes can, yeah, can take a while to sort of have to tell yourself to pull your finger out a bit and realise that what you're doing isn't working. But, yeah, hopefully, like you say, everything you just got to try and learn from and realise, yeah, what some things that work and some things that don't for yourself. Yeah, and... Um the like so far like it's like i think this year you've gone um really well you've you've um also started a bit of a blog where you've um started sort of talking about various um aspects that reverberate a lot with you um tell us a little bit about that blog yeah so i think it's just been a good way for myself to um yeah just put put my experience out there um both in a physio clinical aspect and both just as a runner and I think I've had a quite a bit of feedback from um from runners as well that have gone through the same thing and yeah at, at the stage you think oh that you feel like you're the only one that you're in this injury cycle everyone's out there racing everyone's flying along doing fine but yeah I think like I've wrote a blog about world unis how there was lots of lots of athletes that were struggling with injuries at the time and lots of females that have gone through sacral stresses and bone density stuff and I think it's good sometimes just to be able to um, get someone else's perspective of that that's gone through the same thing and yeah just relate it to yourself and be able to um, connect with it a bit um, especially when you are going through through a bit of a struggling time with injuries. It's good to know that sometimes people have gone through the same thing and yeah, and eventually come out the other side. Yeah, no, I've, I've read um, all of them and I've really liked, because um, you're really honest and you, you, you can tell that um, it's topics that really, um, you know, you've, you've battled with and, um, and, and you've sort of thought about a lot, so. Yeah, definitely. I'll... I think, yeah, any writing that I do, um, it's quite easy to do because yeah, I'm talking about stuff that either I'm have gone through firsthand or I'm very passionate about. I yeah. don't try and um, hone in on topics that I'm not an expert at or that yeah. Um, yeah that I don't have much knowledge about. I just yeah look into the things that I've yeah gone through myself or had a bit of an experience with. So that everything that I'm saying is yeah like you say pretty much completely completely honest and yeah. just what what I've gone through day to day really there was one blog about um structure versus no structure with training uh, and I thought that was a really nice one because like structure can be good because it keeps you consistent and honest and it, it keeps you sort of improving week by week but then it can also be detrimental because when you're sore or or um, low on energy sometimes you feel like you still have to adhere to that structure um with the rest of this year what what have you got planned we'll go through some of your results in recent times but what have you got planned for the rest of this year like are you going to structure some training or are you just sort of going to see how you feel and, and are you going to plan some races um look i definitely have some races lingering in the back of my head that yeah. i'd like to always have um thought that i'd like to have a crack at but um yeah i've been that type of person this year that i'm not gonna solidify anything in the calendar or in the diary just to make sure that 
I keep myself accountable because although it is great having goals, I think sometimes, especially for someone with a personality like myself that's pretty um, gung-ho with things, if I want to have a crack at something, I'm not going to go half-hearted at it. So I think, yeah, just um, this year, mainly just, yeah, listening to how I'm feeling, just rather trying to be consistent with my running and continue to be able to run for the rest of the year and then um, having a crack at those races. Obviously, I don't think I'm ever gonna be in peak condition or top form this year, but I would rather just be still be running for the rest of 2019 than rather push the limits too early after 18 months of injury and then end up back at square one again. Nice, the big picture. Exactly. Yeah. Yeah. And a <laughs> <I'm> foundation year. <laughs> I've eventually, um, decided that that's something I have to have to consider at this stage I think especially when you're like considering where I was I'm pretty new to the sport when you think of training age I guess I really just started my first proper cross-country season in 2016 so I think yeah looking at that I've still got a big training competition um, future ahead well I hope anyway you look at people like yeah like um, Sinead Diver and even Ali Pashley like a couple of years ago they weren't the athletes they are now and both in their 30s and 40s and absolutely dominating the Australian long distance scene still and both probably going to go and compete in Tokyo Olympics next year so um, yeah I think for all yeah female and male athletes that's a good thing to look up to to think they're still a long time ahead and even if things aren't what you'd hope they'd to be right now that you've still got still got plenty of time to achieve what you want to nice that a really nice response Anna um so this year you've had a couple of good achievements already even even though you've sort of taking that approach to your running um you ended up making the world uni um, half marathon in Italy um and you came eighth um and to get there you you ran um a pb uh at the time at the Werribee um, Half Marathon. Yeah, so yeah, that was definitely a, a big surprise and I didn't think I had that in me at all. Um, I was even happy, and well, I wouldn't say happy enough, but surprised that my body could pump out at 117 the week before. I didn't think I was in enough shape to hold that pace for that amount of distance. So that was up at the Gold Coast? Yeah, so that was up at Brisbane at um, a, a twilight um, twilight half marathon up there at St. Louis and thought I'd just go and have a crack at that. I hadn't really raced for a while, so I thought, why not? I like it. I've managed to yeah keep running for, for a few months now. I think it's about time to, to have a go at a race. And, yeah, after that, when I got so close, I always sort of thought at the back of my head, oh, maybe it's, maybe it is actually doable, and yep. then decided to rope you along to pace yeah. me through <laughs> through Werribee the the week after, and yeah, that when, was the day of the qual the ending of the qualifying. Yeah, period. yeah. So I pretty much had to run it that day, or else it would have been too late. So it was kind of a now or never. You got some four percenters the day before. Yep, you know, <laughs> just had to cover all yeah. bases. I thought I'd get on the bandwagon for, yeah, for that half. Just to, yeah, do everything you could to try and get the time. And I don't know if it was the four percenters or my perfect um, perfectionist pacer, oh. but um, yeah. you were pacing me really. Like, <laughs> you were, um, and that wasn't a fast course either. It was a pretty impressive effort. Um, there was a staircase that we went up twice and. 
um, it wasn't exactly flat, and there was a lot of gravel. So yeah, so effort. yeah, that's yeah, which was probably made it even more surprising. I think both of us thought going in, yeah, like you said, it wasn't a fast, a fast course. It it was yeah, gonna be a um a lucky get if I managed to get the time, but. Yeah, to be able to cross the line with pretty much a two-minute PB off a pretty um, not ideal year of training or no racing either, that, yeah, I was pretty stoked with that and couldn't ask for much more. Yeah, it was, it was a, a great effort. And then you went over to Italy and um, and came eighth. Like, tell us about that experience. Um, yeah, Italy, um, yeah, that was amazing. I'd probably just have to say with all the international... Well, the three Oz teams I've made, that was probably the best experience I've had as a with a team trip. Um, yeah, it was just uh, yeah, a great group of people and um, it was an amazing experience going over there and just having that village, um, village experience and yeah, racing again. It was my first international race for the half marathon. My last couple had been just the, the 10k cross country. So being able to do an international road race was a pretty amazing experience as well. And um, yeah, I guess I think out of the, yeah, the three like world champs races I've done, that was probably the one I've, even though it wasn't probably the same level as the world cross country in Uganda, it was probably the one I was most nervous for out of all of them just because I knew my lead up wasn't great I knew I wasn't in like my top form or peak condition I'd been struggling with a few niggles that I was thinking oh sort of am I really going to get through this or not so I remember the week before you got going just being a bit hesitant to say oh you should go like yeah yeah I just thought it was um gonna make you injured again and then you're gonna be out for another four or five weeks and then the whole cycle was going to continue. Yeah, definitely. And I get, I had to have a ch- that chat with, yeah, obviously yourself and um, Nick, my other friend and physio, and then my sports doctor as well, and sort of think, look, am I going to have a crack or am I going to be putting myself at risk again? And I think, yeah, just like I've said to you a few times, that with how the last 12 or 18 months have been, I thought I'd never make an Australian team again. So... In the back of my head, I always thought I don't want to miss this opportunity because it's not the easiest to yeah to make make an Australian team, and you never know when those opportunities are going to come around again. So yeah, I guess just sucked it up and gave it a crack, and just went out there and yeah did what I could on the day, and yeah was pretty happy with with how it ended out. Yeah, no, it was another gutsy run, and and both those performances really um, highlighted to me how um, how sort of determined and um, almost uh, stubborn and tough you are out there like you're a pretty pretty runner yeah Yeah. um, I don't know whether it's just my personality but everyone's always said that I'm not a great trainer but when I get out onto into a race I sort of yeah just go go into that that zone and that mindset and um, yeah I guess I'm not very good at losing like I yep. said being the being the youngest child yeah you gotta you're grown up just trying to have a crack and trying to be the best at everything so yeah I think I just um sort of thrive in that 
that race aspect and yeah just try and each time I go out for a race just leave it all out there and um, yeah see what I can do and especially when it is an international event like that you don't really want to be left wondering at the end of it so yeah you just try and do everything you can in the in the weeks coming up to it within your capabilities and then yeah just give it all in race day obviously going into races especially if there's the Africans or the Japanese they're so strong um, they're always going to be tough athletes to compete against but you've just got to t I think take that out of your mindset going into those races and just concentrate on on what you can do and yeah like I said just do your best and have a crack on race day yeah and do you think that sort of stubbornness that you've got as, as good as it is on race day sometimes that can be at your detriment with training oh definitely in the past i think we've um, had to take for that a bit yeah definitely year. with a lot of i think with most runners yeah. it's sort of a fine line between being strong-minded and tough and pushing through that pain pain barrier whether it is racing and training um to get you as fit as possible um, to then crossing the line or skating on thin ice over to the point the point of injury where you've just pushed it that little bit too far. And, um, yeah, I think that's probably why runners at the higher level can get injured reasonably, well, not regularly, I'd say, but it's, it's not a shock when elite athletes get injured because you are always always pushing the limits and you see, yeah, like people like your Colin Quigley who's... Um, had lots of bone stress injuries like even Shalane Flanagan one of the best marathon runners of all time that um, yeah had sacral stresses and just come off a knee surgery herself and I think yeah there's always going to be that battle of pushing your body to, to be the best and then being reasonable to, to do that without avoiding injury as well yep uh, recently, you won the Burnley Half Marathon in the Athletics Victoria series. Uh, that that would have felt pretty good to be back on the the winners' dais. Oh yeah, definitely. I that one. Um, look, although it's probably not the the biggest race of all time, it actually meant meant a fair bit to me. It had been a been a fair while since I'd actually even won an AV race. Um, so. Yeah, to be able to to get out there, um, yeah, two two weeks ago and actually actually finish and cross the line with a win, um, yeah, that was amazing. And to be able to know that I can sort of compete with those girls that have been yeah doing well both in the AV series and at national events as well, um, sort of gave me a bit of confidence too going ahead. That yeah, I'm slowly building up to that level again. You've said um, that you've got some races in the back of your mind, but you didn't really expand on that. Um, yeah. <laughs> Trying to keep it on the download. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, uh, like, do you do you want to open up on any, or you don't want to put that pressure on yourself? Oh look, I think like obviously like um, at the Melbourne Marathon, that's always a great event. So would like to go out there and have a crack at the half half at Melbourne, depending on. Yeah, how I'm travelling with training and how the body's feeling. And also one that, um, like, I've always dreamed of being able to race. Obviously haven't done much of that specific training either, but there's that Apex one that's always every year that I 
go down and watch and think, oh, God, like, I'd love to get out there one year and actually have a crack at it. So I don't know whether that's going to be this year, but if it is, I would definitely love to get out there. But if not, we'll just give it another another 12 months to let my body, um, yeah, get a bit more consistency and a bit more solid training behind and then have a crack at that one at some stage. And marathons, like, is that ever um, entered your head? Oh, definitely, yep, yeah. That's always been... Yeah, been a, a dream and a goal of mine to eventually tick off the full marathon. Um, yeah, depending on whether I'll probably start, at, like I said, hopefully a local one, just to tick one out, um, tick one off and get one under the belt first, whether that's a Gold Coast or yeah, like I said, a Melbourne marathon. And then yeah, depending on that goes. I've had lots of friends say that it's pretty amazing racing over in Japan and it's a pretty tough to go over there and not do a good time so yeah eventually yeah hopefully go over there and yeah have tick the legs over it hopefully in a full at some stage yep and then you're currently coachless um what's the thought there in terms of like um long term and what are you thinking um yeah i mean i guess i'm in no rush probably for the rest of 2019 i think like I said, um, obviously haven't got a, an official coach, but just chatting to people, like a chat to, you, yeah. um, to yourself and obviously, yeah, like my friends Hazy and Shanae, just see yeah. what, they're, what they think training-wise, what you think programming-wise, what, what's doable for me at this stage. So although not coachless, I'm not obviously going full solo and just, yeah, yeah doing what it, whatever I think at this time, to still taking advice off of others that are obviously a lot more experienced than myself and then hopefully if I've managed to get through the rest of the year quite reasonably healthy and uninjured then um, take a look at it more seriously about yeah who I think to yeah to team up with um, coaching wise and be able to put put things a bit more firmly in the books race wise and, and training wise as well. That's great Anna well We've covered a lot of great topics um, and it has been, you know, roughly an hour now. Um, is there anything else you want to add? Um, yeah, I guess, like, when, when, we, when we've had a chat, you've yeah. always sort of said what, what you think I'd say advice-wise to yeah. especially um, younger athletes come, coming through the ranks and I think both seeing keen keen and determined yeah teenagers and younger runners coming through the clinic and then also just out on the racetrack as well as just don't try and um rush yourself into the sport i think like i said with like ali and sinead and myself we have come into it a lot later and during our young years we all played whether it was netball or um, sinead played a bit of basketball and I think touch or whatever crazy sports I have over in Ireland <laughs> that they do um but yeah enjoyed a whole lot of sports as a junior and they've shown like research and evidence wise that that's great injury prevention as an adult athlete and runner as well so yeah I think that would be my biggest advice I think you see a lot of gun juniors that are winning state titles and running for Australia as as young 12 to 13 year olds and either just burn out or get sick of it by the time they're in their late teens or 20s and you don't just injured yeah exactly and you don't really see them again which is which is a real shame because there is some great talent out there so yeah i'd say just don't rush it enjoy um, 
enjoy all sports as a, as a young one just to run because you love running and then when you yeah sort of get to that age where you're ready to start taking it a bit more seriously then yeah you can start to have a real crack then but yeah I always think there's no no reason to to push yourself to those as limitedly young age I think it's just about keeping active and enjoying sport for what it is yeah no that's great advice and and I'd um I'd concur like that's um like I see that so often in the clinic um where it's so hard to taper your enthusiasm and everyone just throws everything all at once and tries to become the athlete they want to be in six months and really it's a a sport that rewards patience so yeah definitely and then I think that's the thing with like technology they have these days obviously Strava and accounts like that they're (laughs) they're great for like monitoring your training and load but it can also be a sort of um a bit detrimental for juniors as well comparison wise they see these elite athletes doing this training and these amazing mileage crazy sessions and think if I'm going to be that good I need to replicate that as well when obviously just both the body and mind isn't ready for that just yet and it can yeah it can take a toll on the young ones too so yeah I'd say yeah just just do what you're able to at that stage enjoy your running and enjoy your sport and then yeah when you are at the the age or or the level of your whether it's your Jen Lacazes your Sinead Divers or whatever athlete you look up to then yeah you can take it to the next level then yep no that's that's um great great advice again and uh like I I just want to probably like summarize a, a few points from this um podcast and I probably probably um, wanted to say that like a lot of it is like a big a big um aspect was learning from mistakes I think or learning from like overdoing it and um and then just sort of like I think we're never really we're never really fixed like you sort of still have to like um hold yourself accountable long term like it's like it's very um easy to fall into your old traps of I don't know going to bed late or like stuff like that or or going or just your old habits um so like I think a big a big idea would be that you have to maintain a lot of these these um behaviors and uh okay I look forward to seeing how you do it Anna as well like I think you've made some great progress this year in terms of that trying to get everything back into a nice balanced sort of state um and you're such a talented runner um like I, I really do think you've got a great um, career ahead of you, um, and it's been a fantastic to have you on the podcast and dedicate so much time. So I'm really appreciative of that. Yeah, no worries, Dana. Yeah, I think um, obviously still a lot to work on and still trying to work my way back. But yeah, hopefully, hopefully watch this space and a bit more to come in the future. <laughs> exactly. No, I I I really do believe there will be. So um, thanks so much, Anna. No worries, Dana. Catch at work. <laughs>